0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel.
0: Yeah, I mean, the longer this goes, the more pressing this is for the overall sport.
2: Pete
0: Demmel!
2: I think we'll look back at this as the time where collegiality officially left college sports.
1: With SI's Pat Forty! Seeing your kid make the Olympics is beyond the wildest dream. Being there to talk to her in the media mix zone at a time when no other parents could be there is like so preposterous. This whole thing has just been a little overwhelming, but been pretty cool and i appreciate the support of all the pod listeners and even my jaded podcast partners
0: here's pat Pete, and dan i right, welcome the pod uh pete is not pete's gonna join us but he just ran away for a phone call but first so it's pete's thing so you know this is a ragtag operation <laughs> This guy, this, this guy, that. We're doing this. No one can do it. Uh, Let's get down to business. Pat Forty, you are now officially a parent of an Olympian. Uh, It was very exciting. Uh, Seven, it was a little late. The pool, the the swimming was late. A couple minutes late. They're behind schedule, but a little about 7.20 Wednesday morning, uh, East Coast in America. Brooke got in the pool, swam the relay. She was the uh, anchor woman back in college that, you know, that, that was like the last guy that had to chug the beers or something like that. But this is much better for for Brooke. Uh, obviously, you were there to watch. This will be the only podcast we ever talk about an Olympian on this this uh, this show. So um, how did it feel? Take take us take us through it briefly and then we'll get to all the uh, all the college football uh, news. But we can't can't let this go. Stanford national champion Brooke Forty gets to swim in the Olympics.
1: Yeah, she uh, she gave me no comment in the mix zone. I was, uh, I I was shut down. I saw Um, you were there
0: trying to interview her.
1: Yes. No, that was, I mean, the whole thing like was just such a incredible thrill. And I mean, you know, this has kind of been just an ongoing thrill since she made the team, but to actually be there in Tokyo, Japan at the Olympic venue with the Olympic rings and everything and see her with the stars and stripes cap and the name 40 on it, step up to the blocks and dive in and compete for the United States and do well. Uh, she swam great, swam her best time ever. Uh, the whole relay killed it. They qualified for finals in, uh, in great form, uh, won their heat. They're seated second. The Australians may break the world record uh, in that, but the Americans are well-positioned to get a medal. Hopefully that happens because even though she will not swim, On the final relay, unless something goes wrong, and we don't want anything to go wrong, uh, she will get a medal if the if the Americans make the podium. So, uh, and then to be able to to run downstairs and into the mix zone with my reporter credentials and talk to her and have her come through, uh, it was phenomenal. I mean, it's just you know, it's like beyond the wildest dream. Uh, Whatever you know, making the seeing your kid make the Olympics is beyond the wildest dream. Being there to talk to her. In the media mix zone at a time when no other parents could be there is like so preposterous. This whole thing has just been a little overwhelming, but it's been pretty cool, and I appreciate the support of all the pod listeners and even my jaded podcast partners.
0: Oh no, we, we like Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've always been a fan of hers. I don't know about you. No, that was uh it was very cool. We were all excited, we were all watching. A lot of people watched. I know the pictures were pretty pretty awesome. Um, you had this real interesting distinction of being the only parent practically in the entire world, maybe in the world. I don't know how many others there were. Not many. Nope, nobody's allowed at these these events. Simone Biles' parents can't come. Kevin Durant's parents. Uh, Katie Ledecky's parents. Nobody's parents can come. Just, uh, there's Japanese athletes live a mile from the venue and their family can't come yeah so unique it's why you know you smartly became a sports writer many years ago
1: (laughs) chose this noble and lucrative profession
0: (laughs) case a global pandemic hit uh (laughs) the year um no it's tremendous it was a very very uh very very cool scene i was i was basically
1: unofficially made the team dad i felt like i should have got you know brought orange slices to the pool for them every day and uh you know, been driving a van and moving them around and everything. But uh, <laughs> fortunately, you the, the USA Swimming Group and, and the Olympics as a whole has got that stuff taken care of. So I didn't, I didn't have to perform my age group parent duties.
0: No snack bag. The snack no bag snack was bag. not. No snack bag. All right. Well, that's, nope. that's good. And you didn't have to drive carpool. Yep. Yeah, it's a good operation they have over here. <laughs> All right. In college football, realignment is uh, still everything. Uh, we have this official song and dance where Texas and Oklahoma had to send a letter in and say, well, we're not we're not going to renew our our media rights deal. And then they had to, uh, you know, send a letter over to the SEC, the SEC with a classic. I mean, uh, the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas, two esteemed academic institutions with storied <laughs> athletic programs. Today submitted formal requests for invitations to become members of the Southeastern Conference in 2025. While the SEC has not proactively sought new members, we will pursue significant changes when there is a clear consensus among our members that such actions will further enrich, <laughs> rich the experience of our student athletes and lead to greater. Ag- I mean, it's like, what? You guys are interested? We hadn't heard.
1: but we're only interested in you to help enrich the educational opportunities for everyone. That's all. These guys have been playing
0: footsies. Again,
1: like this is the next level of BS that we have to cut through. You know I mean? And this is, I think been a common theme on the podcast. Just stop lying to us and tell us why you're doing what you're doing. And what, why you're doing this is so that you can make even bigger piles of cash. That's it. That's the story. And if you don't want to come out and say that, just just leave out the stuff about enriching the educational opportunities of everyone involved here, because that has nothing to do with any of this. So yet another classic College Sports Incorporated statement that we can all see through, of course. And now we're just moving on to further uh, college athletic gigantism. Hooray.
0: Yeah, I mean, the longer this goes, the, just the more depressing this is for the overall sport. I mean, I just... You know, I guess if you're, again, if you're interested in uh, the bottom line of an SEC athletic department, this is a good thing. If you really care about how much money your athletic director is going to make or your strength coach or your your that, maybe it's exciting for like Oklahoma or something. I know some OU fans that are kind of excited. I get it. Something different. But, man, you know, you give up something too rest of us I don't know I mean it just doesn't like all right, you know they are seems like we could have had a scheduling arrangement so many schools have got are scrambling they've got who knows what future it's not Texas's job to prop everybody up but at the same time Texas hasn't done much of anything they talk about it's just it's just it's just like Texas is incompetent on the football field and then everything's got to get blown up I don't know. I just don't see a lot of. I just don't see a lot of positives out of this at all. Will I enjoy the occasional time when you get a good Texas team playing? At sure, playing LSU or something. Sure. Would I like the Texas Texas A and M back? Yeah, but it's like Texas's behavior drove all drove everybody out in the first place. Right. You know no, they I drove mean- Nebraska out. They drove Missouri out. They drove A and M out. Colorado, you know, and then, and then now they, 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 they have their fiefdom and then they, they just bail on that. And it's just like, all right, great. Yeah. Right, go, go horns. Yeah. Texas Hook basically
1: them. just continues to be rewarded for generational wealth. You know, I, I, I said in one of the, one of the columns I wrote on this that they, they're the, the rich kid who keeps wrecking the family ferraris and and getting rewarded for it so i mean con- congratulations i guess I, but i again i don't see how this benefits the sport as a whole uh i don't see how it benefits many of the schools that are intimately involved with the, the, the these arrangements in the big 12 and in the sec it, it, it flat out hurts a lot of them you know that this is just the 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 rich and powerful uh, maneuvering to make themselves richer and more powerful. And I don't think, again, there's no cohesion nationally. There's no consensus of what's best for the entire enterprise. Uh, but this is the way it's worked for a long time and the way it's going to continue to work. The, 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 the interesting thing to me, and I think you guys touched on this on the pod while I was absent, uh, was that, you know, Greg Sankey... Has always kind of tried to to be the the high minded idealist to a degree, uh, and I think he revealed himself as just another mercenary commissioner. Uh, it doesn't mean he's not doesn't mean he's a bad commissioner. Doesn't mean he's not doing what he thinks is best. But but it's like we we can again we can dispense with the platitudes and just say okay, we're gonna go kneecap that conference because we want to make more money, and that's what's happening.
2: Yeah, I think it's just an an interesting time where I I think we'll look back at this as the time where collegiality officially left college sports. I I think that's the the best way to look at it. Like There is no sitting around singing kumbaya. There is no, it it is billion dollar businesses and hundred million dollar businesses run by cutthroat, you know, they're essentially NFL owners, right? I mean, you know, Greg Sankey doesn't make as much as Roger Goodell, but I guarantee you with this extra cash coming in from Oklahoma and Texas, he's going to make more than Larry Scott did when Larry Scott was uh, ushered out the door for the many jobs and raises he gave himself. So, yeah, sentimentality is gone. Tradition is gone. Rivalries are gone. We saw that in the last line of this. Uh, I thought the most interesting point someone made to me uh, in the last 48 hours was – you know, we've we've spent a lot of energy on Texas in this, right? Because Texas is fun to talk about and they're the spoiled rich kid and everything. But uh, Bob Bowlesby and Joe Castiglione, the Oklahoma AD, are very close. They're all the way close, you know, back 30 years, right? They go all the way back. And Joe Castiglione spent a lot of time and energy keeping the Big 12 together during those dysfunctional times, a lot. And you have to feel like Bob Bowlesby feels like he, forget Texas, you know, no one's surprised Crystal Conte was out flirting. And Texas has always been aspirational and a bully and destructive. But Castiglione to Bullsby, that's like a—that's a knife in the back. That hurts. That's a plunge. That's where relationships turn to business and things get uh, and, and things get ugly. I, I really think that's uh, I think that I thought that was a really interesting point where uh, I, people are killing Bullsby in this and, and I don't I don't see it. I mean, it's it's market forces in a lot of ways. He could, could it have been better. Sure. Could he have handled it better? Absolutely. But I don't uh, I, The searing criticism and just I just think fan bases need a pinata and and Bob's out front, so he's gonna be the he's gonna be
0: the pinata. A- absolutely. He's he's the he's gonna be the villain. That's the that's the job you're in the middle of. You can't create loyalty in anybody. I mean, you try you try to build it, but you know, if they don't care, they don't care. So if you're gonna get stabbed in the back, this is who you're in business with, they don't have a whole lot of choice. Oklahoma, I mean, if Texas wanted to go, this Oklahoma pretty much had to go with them. I mean, I, I think the that's... they're going to do the whole thing just, you know, it's who started first. I don't know. I guess we'll find out, but you know, what you have at the thing is a sport that's, that's weaker for, I mean, you just, you just, the more you get into the, the depths of the big 12 and it's like, they'll, they'll try, but it's, there's no good path out for these other schools that did nothing wrong other than they're not perceived to be a, a, a big time entity you know yep. their town isn't big enough or, or whatever they weren't good enough 40 50 years ago 60 years ago you know
1: yeah okay, they don't they don't know. have a 90,000 seat stadium and they're not uh you know right you know in a metropolitan back, area or whatever back and, when
0: your school refused, you know yeah they just it's 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 1960s are rearing themselves back up and it's like well all right but the the fabric of the sport is all these little these little angles and these little communities and the beauty of college athletics is you don't have to be the New York Yankees to win. And, you know, it's not about just being LA and New York and it's kind of taking on some of that, that sense to it. Uh, and then again, I just, I don't think it's good for the sec. I just don't, I don't know where the sec, what, what, what sec school gets anything out of this? I mean, other than money, nobody, right? They had I- money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they were dominating recruiting Texas,
2: the other you know, the other schools. They're, they're uh, the only one the that really titles. does is, is AM and they're fighting it with gymnastics fireworks and uh yeah, they're they're doing as much as humanly possible to fight it when it's really going to benefit them at the end of the day.
0: I guess A&M, but yeah, but they, they look at it and say, yeah, that's a, that's maybe about it having another school in their state. That's what you're saying? It benefits yeah, them? Yeah, like if I'm Texas m uh, other than
2: LSU and maybe Arkansas because there's some history there. Like, who are you? Re- and again, Alabama comes to town. That's great. Auburn comes down. To comes to great. I, but it's we've talked about this in the pod before. It's the water cooler. If you live in Houston, there ain't a lot of Auburn grads in your in your in your uh, office at your engineering company, your oil and gas company, etc. There were there a few. Sure, absolutely. But there are a heck of a lot more Texas grads. Like there's that organic interest, that conversation. The you know the 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 when you're making your your picks on Fridays, your lunch bet on Monday—the the, the type of stuff that I think is like the fabric of college sports. You went to this school, I went to this school. You know, let's uh, you know let you know let us put a friendly uh, let's put a friendly wager on things. Um, are there Ole Miss and Mississippi State grads in Houston? Sure, there's plenty. There's about one fortieth of the amount of, te- of the, those grads, and there are Texas grads, right? So in that in that greater College Station era, so I just think. I think it makes AM more relevant in, in Texas in a lot of ways. That, that game, every year on the calendar, becomes their biggest game in, in, inherently. Now, are there recruiting disadvantages? Sure. Are there things? That, but I, I am much more likely to watch Texas A&M, Texas, than I am maybe any other game on their schedule. So the only school that
0: wants it doesn't want it.
1: No, I mean, that all makes sense logically, Pete. But the emotion and the ego involved was all about we are leaving Texas behind. That was the driver of the whole decision for them. We don't have to do what Texas wants to do. We can do our own thing, and we can go thrive on our own. And now Texas (laughs) is following. I mean, you know, it's like the the you know the 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 cousin or whatever that you don't like who moves into your neighborhood next door, and like you just can't get rid of them. And that's the that's the thing where they have to deal with now. Yeah, maybe the eventually theoretically they get past the ego bruise uh of this and then they yeah then they go back to having that rivalry that they love and they if they win more than half of those then it's it's a good thing but but i think emotionally this is a very bitter pill for them to try to swallow
0: what is the latest pete with the big 12 they said they uh explain this uh cease and desist letter. They're fighting with ESPN now. What is happening? Yeah. So
2: essentially the the big 12 sent ESPN a cease and desist letter that intimates that ESPN had a hand in some of this realignment stuff, which I think we all we all assumed. Right. And then ESPN is going to deny until they're purple in the face. All right, and this is just one of the dynamics. You talk to old Big East people after they got raided, and they will tell you that ESPN uh, had a had a hand in, to the grave. They will tell ESPN had a hand in stabbing their knife in the back. Uh, can that be Can that be proven? Do they have receipts? I, I you know, we, we'll see, right? I mean, but this 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 this, this to me was the uh, was the key line in the. Uh, In the document obtained by Yahoo Sports. The Big 12 Conference demands that ESPN immediately cease and dismiss all actions that may harm the conference and its members and that it not communicate with the Big 12 Conference's existing members or any NCA conference regarding the Big 12 Conference's members, possible conference realignment or potential financial incentives or outcomes related to possible conference realignment. So two theories here reading into this. One is... If the big 12 dissolves, it saves 150 million dollars to the SEC's new partners all right so Texas and Oklahoma they're right like we said they're stormtroopers we're staying to 2025 we're staying to 2025 we will follow the legal things. they are just sitting back praying like it's the gif of the Astrodome imploding they're just praying that the big 12 blows up to save all that money. And then the, the second thing here where this gets a little bit thornier is that there was there was an article that intimated the AAC was going to go get aggressive. And Dan and I kind of mocked that notion because financially it doesn't make sense on the uh, on the podcast the other day. Big 12 is – and again, I don't have the percentages, but the Big 12 has a – Fox has a huge stake in the Big 12. So the ESPN move to the Big 12 was a strike at Fox. So the ideal situation for ESPN here, and we're not saying they did anything to do this, but this is how that would want to happen, is if the Big 12 dissolves, saves all that money for their two new partners, and then the AAC, which they happen to own all of, ends up with a few new high-profile teams. What would not work well for ESPN is if there's a a shakeup of realignment, the AAC teams leave, they go to the Big 12. Talking to a few more people the last few days, one really smart High ranking college officials said the the underrated, underreported part of all this is that it's actually this is a this has been really good for Fox. They go into the Big Ten negotiation and then the Pac-12 negotiation with very little competition. So while the Big 12 has obviously been bludgeoned, they're going to save money in theory in the long run. Could ESPN want a slice of the Pac-12? Sure. Late night programming's a premium, but for the most part, Fox sees a clear road right now to the rights for the next two leagues that come up to bid, and so there just aren't windows like we've talked about. If you have all the SEC and all the ACC, there aren't a ton of windows left, and you have a finite amount of money. If you get an extra half billion going to the playoff, so that all of a sudden the the rest of the world looks a little muddled, then there isn't that competition. They can drive up prices. I'm glad actually we're on this topic because to me,
1: one of the truly underreported things about this has been ESPN's role. And maybe that's our fault or whoever else covers college athletics and who covers the media. But when ESPN goes this quiet about stuff, as it did also about playoff expansion, there's no way they are not intimately involved in that. And it's basically, I mean, they've done a very nice job of covering their tracks, but nobody is making these gigantic moves. Nobody is planning an expansion of the playoff and how it may work or then, you know, this potential, you know, nationwide upheaval without deep conversations with their TV part, primary TV partner about how this is going to look, how this is going to work and how much money we're going to make. and. That is, again, another, I think, example of where we are in college athletics is that the TV partners are as important as anyone in this. You know, you may think, well, our chancellor on campus who is w- very worried about our academic standing and how this conference may help us academically. Uh, let's let's find out who in Bristol's involved and how much. OK, that's that's just something that, that to me has been a little bit kind of under the radar on all this.
2: Well, Pat, have you been too busy covering the Olympics to really get to the bottom of that? From Japan, (laughs) slightly, slightly.
1: (laughs) Wetzel is stalking poor Simone Biles. I'm stalking poor Katie Ledecky. Uh, We'll we'll get around to stalking the other people back on the on in the homeland soon enough. It's tough over here. Yeah, tough, tough times over here.
2: I did see Pat's Japanese Pringles that he sent to the group text, though. I mean, if you can have Japanese Pringles, I I don't think it can be that tough. Top chips, man, or top chip, whatever the hell it's called, pop top.
1: I
0: don't know, Uh, but yeah, they're not bad. Pretty good. Going into the convenience store at, in Japan is just a—it's a pure. You're looking at the picture on the thing, hoping, like, what is, what flavor is that? Is that,
1: yeah, um, yeah. I avoided it's, the salami chips. They have those. I'm not. I'm not going. There.
2: <laughs> I like salami and I like chips,
0: but <laughs> that's a whole sandwich right in one. <laughs> One chip. I'm actually intrigued. Yeah. How you get salami. salami into the chip is the the <laughs> problematic part. Very very smart people over here. Look how nice this city is. I mean, they can do things here. <laughs> they can do things. Did you guys see the video I put out of the robot that shoots baskets? Oh yeah, at the basketball games. Yeah, that it's not. I think that's FIBA. I don't know what that thing is, but yeah. he actually missed the next game. I guess he missed too really? in the yeah. The there's no crowd. Uh, but they was heckled by the sports writers, of course. Right? He's got no <laughs> handle. Then sit in a slump. Um, yeah, that thing was creepy. Yeah. It was creepy. It was wild. I don't know if you've seen. I have video on my Twitter feed. If you haven't seen the robot, I think the robot got everywhere. Um, oh yeah. And all the, I send this thing out, and immediately I get hit by like all these people. Like, do I have rights to use your video? No. Like uh, all these TV right. stations, I'm like, oh my god, I think I violated something. But I was just like, holy crap, it's a robot who can hit half court shots. I'm filming that. Like the robot
1: <laughs> and the people in Seward, Alaska, they have yeah. both gone extremely viral.
0: That was awesome. That that viewing party and that like uh, air airplane hangar or whatever yeah. they got up there. <laughs> that was cool. Um, those are the best. The viewing parties are the best part of this thing. I swear. Uh, it's 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 a really you know we went through all this and college football fans know it like empty stadium half empty stadium very weird empty olympics is just like it's just yeah it's just super weird it um is. it's just like nobody there i think it's driving i think it's part of what's causing so much angst amongst many of the athletes um, oh you yeah. know they can't communicate they're sitting in their rooms they're on social media getting heckled <laughs> yeah. um nonstop. i mean I, it's crazy crazy i mean you get this in all these different sports i remember uh, a lot of times we do that heisman weekly heisman i'll just pick the guy who had a horrible week the week before and just gets like it sounds great to be these star athletes but then it's like the number of people just heckling somebody oh
1: it's it's unbelievable
0: and that's the yeah the problem here when
1: you are isolated like this and your only window out is social media that's mm -hmm. not good you Mm -hmm. know it's not good and I, I have heard from a lot of athletes here, the, a lot of the smart ones, who said they just disabled every app they have for social media yeah, yeah, while, the, while the Olympics is going on.
0: You have to, but, man, Simone Biles is not. She tried for a couple of days, but then you see her on there. I I, I mean, there was – I don't know what this – I did not – Um, I didn't know who this was, but, I mean, there was a guy talking about how Simone Biles, you know, disgraced America by not competing – Like. I mean, do you care about the women's gymnastics team? <laughs> right, once
1: once every four or five years, all of a sudden you're allowed to get your umbrage up to that point. I just okay. don't get how anybody right gets ahead, like
0: buddy. like you can root for them, but like your your self worth or your belief in our country is based on one of these these teams. <laughs> like I I don't I don't get the whole concept. I was rooting. I I won't lie. I mean, I was covering gymnastics. I was fascinated by this Russian team that walked in and said, you guys are the best. Ba- I've heard so much hype about USA Gymnastics and the great Simone Biles. And these four women from most of them, teenagers from Russia were like, we're going to win. And I was like, I love these. Uh, that's I was like, this is fascinating. I love that. Give it a shot. Right. Sure. Like, they won. They're going to make miracle on ice. It's a miracle on maps for them. Like it was the greatest <laughs> thing ever. And Moscow if you can see that.
2: did they run the picket fence
0: on the uh, vault pretty much did they're like (laughs) heroes think about it right like all you hear Simone Biles you say they hadn't lost in 11 years and these four and they get they get their ass kicked every time they're like we're winning this time and they won now like it I got nothing for Russia screw those guys man I (laughs) wrote columns I rip Russia all the time it's great for traffic Um, (laughs) yeah <laughs> I'm offering just a clickbait. You gave him a nice little love tap a couple. Of I days will ago. clickbait Russia, right? I will clickbait <laughs> Russia. There's nothing better than getting heckled by Russians. Hate mail from Russians, I love it. Like extra traffic. By, <laughs> hey, <laughs> screw you guys, right? I ain't going back there. But
1: um, they're sitting around in the bars in Vladivostok right now, yeah. saying that. What's
0: all? I'm not rooting for Russia. I hate Russia. Screw those guys. But I he must it's, root it's, for uh, UMass football. <laughs> Four teenage girls. Oh, I'm, your your teenage girls are better than mine. This is terrible. We got who who are these people that take this thing seriously? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I get even college football. Like, do you are you angry at your state? I get. I don't know. I get when you fire coaches and stuff. But I just, there's only so much value you can put in this stuff. But at least college football is something you think about every day. Yeah. 99.99% of America doesn't think about gymnastics except every four years. Yeah, that's he, the thing with all these sports. I do you don't think get it. She wants of, to quit? Quit, whatever. Yeah. Do you
2: think some of the social media angst is because you can bet on all this stuff now? No. Oh, good,
1: good point.
0: Good I point. Know. I mean, I know I people know. that are betting on swimming.
1: Really? If you're so, betting oh, you on know? the U.S.
0: Yeah. team, you're betting negative 600. Like, what kind of, I mean, like, I don't necessarily really? say much...
2: gymnastics, but you just said athletes in general. Right. Like, uh, yeah, you know mm. i just would have no, a hard I time think... like really getting my ire up for katie ledecky you bum unless like i had a little scratch on it you know like I again she's not some... a bum she's won a million things but she lost to that australia uh yeah australian girl the uh, the other day I just, it'd, be, it'd be hard to, for me to fathom where you could dig that out of your soul
0: but i think it's political it's like somehow it became political i mean people uh simone biles chokes she's she's uh She's a coward. She's not tough enough. She hadn't lost in eight freaking years. (laughs) right. You know, that's the thing. Eight years. Did Michael (laughs) Jordan win every game? Like, this is a really weird thing. But, like, you think she trained here and then said, I hope I get to the edge of the Olympics and then almost wreck and break my neck in this crazy jump and then quit. That's my goal here. I'm going to – it's a hell of a long con. I'm going to (laughs) dominate everyone for eight years, then I'm going to quit. (laughs) <laughs> like this poor poor woman! Oh my God! I just whatever. I, it's so yeah. bizarre. I, no, I, I the, get the hate mail. I'm not even Simone I just write articles and people are all over you. It's like, where are you summoning this anger <laughs> over this person? What the hell did she ever do to you?
1: <laughs> well, it's the same thing with Ledecky, where you know, let's say it's they pay no attention whatsoever any of the time. But she has been, she was literally unbeaten from. July 2012 to 2019. She lost a race when she was sick in Korea. And then she comes here and she's been beaten twice by a woman who's like going to set world records. Uh, and and now everybody's like, what happened? She's terrible. This is unbelievable. This is terrible. <laughs> American swimming is awful. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you don't know. Sh- and where, where have you been since 2016? You know? well, but it's like, like we just second- have to jump into the hot take outrage machinery and, and get Angry because America is not on the top of the medal program
0: podium. Second in the world isn't good enough. Like, uh, nope. I, nope. I I I think it's I don't watch the Olympics. I cover, I've covered every Olympic since Athens. I it's just it's gotta be what's ingrained in what NBC is showing back home or something. I don't know what's going on, but like the anger at our athletes on yeah. social media or it's just like I, I i understand you know you're on social media looking for something to complain about every day and there's millions of people that wake up every day angry I, I gotta find something i'm outraged at it just seems like a weird outlet to be that angry about like you know i just it's just like all right and it's really the expectations game david jones of the patriot pen live i think he had a good thing about how it's like it's really about whether they they the athletes and this is nbc's particularly but it has been jammed down your throat like the, the kid from alaska the woman swimmer from alaska everyone loves because there's no expectations but right if you're expected to win then we hate you <laughs> yeah. right right
1: because yeah people i mean are that,
0: like yeah so that, that's that's
1: that's completely that's ludecky uh that's every american relay in swimming that's like caleb dressel's going to be in a total dog fight in the hundred freestyle here and if he loses people are going to be mad and it's just yeah the the weird weird people yeah. You
0: can't play defense in swimming. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you just have to play offense. You can't stop the other. Like, imagine if you couldn't gymnastics, just run out there and like body check them. That would be kind of wild. I probably probably have higher ratings. Anyway, this is this is where we're at. Let's get back to college football. Pete story on uh, this is this is a very interesting story. because see this stuff coming. Quinn Ewers is the number one recruit in the country. Class of 2022, he's at South Lake Carroll Powerhouse uh, in the Metroplex. Uh, He is headed to Ohio State. At one point, he was a Texas commit. I'm literally not sure if he wasn't still going to Texas, we wouldn't be going through realignment. I don't know, although Texas kind of spun that wheel ahead of time. But um, their incompetence had to find an outlet to blame. So they're blaming the Big 12. But Quinn Ewers and his family is thinking of skipping their senior year at South Lake Carroll, basically moving to Columbus, Ohio, where he has as much as uh, seven figures worth of uh, name, image and likeness deals set up as the future of the Buckeyes. You know, this is basically what happens in in entertainment and other things. You don't stay for your if you got a shot at the Disney Channel movie, uh, you don't. Stay f- and say I need to be in my high school senior year play. Uh, if you're an actress, so
2: yeah. So we're we're taping this on uh, on Wednesday afternoon, Dan. I talked to Ewers and his family uh, Wednesday morning, and it's it's an interesting philosophical crossroads because it doesn't only affect college football and college recruiting, but also it's this is the best high school football player in the state of Texas, and there is no state where high school football matters more than the state of Texas. He's at one of the iconic programs. He is, you know, the best quarterback recruit in the country, the best overall recruit in the country, and the best player in Texas. And the Texas state law, as it is written now, does not allow high school athletes to uh, to profit off their name, image, and likeness. The family had been going back and forth for, for weeks and months with the, with the UIL, uh, which oversees Texas high schools. And basically... The UIL ruled to the family. Look, Quinn can't profit on these deals. Now he has a kombucha company, which I'm sure uh, I'm sure Pat loves his him some good kombucha, right? Um, oh, good. Holy kombucha! And there's actually equity in the company involved in that offer, which I think is pretty uh, is pretty fascinating. Along with cash, and then there are others, more traditional autographs, memorabilia. You know, the whole trading card thing, which which all athletes, as they turn pro, uh, get. And the the UIL denied all of them, basically saying this is against the law and we don't control the law. So the family has been in communication with Ohio State for several weeks. Quinn Ewers told me Wednesday morning he is leaning toward going to Ohio State. And I would expect, this is my speculation just from talking to him and the family today, I would expect that he does end up going there. Um, Camp starts Tuesday, August 3rd. And I'd be surprised if Quinn Ewers wasn't in a Buckeye uniform on uh, on on Tuesday. At least at some point early in early in camp, he has one online core English class he has to take. His mom is a teacher in the South Lake system. They they seem to have that that the ability to, to check off that one core course in uh, English and take care of it. So um, they want that. What they would prefer is if Quinn could go play in high school and then take advantage of these deals. But that just doesn't seem, in this time frame, especially because it's a state law. That just doesn't seem like a likely uh, a likely outcome for, uh, for for Ewers and his family. Also of note, the uh, the returning or the three Buckeye scholarship quarterbacks have completed as many college passes as the three of us have. Um, and attempted as many college passes as the three of us have. So, you know, there, it's a on paper, and the, the family didn't really get into this, but it, it just makes sense. It's a winnable job. Kyle McCord, C.J. Shroud, Jack Miller had been there a year, uh, played a little bit, but again, not attempted to pass. So, but I think this opens up the bigger question for for the pod is: Do we see more elite high school athletes go do this? Um, reclassifying in college basketball has become pretty common. Uh, do we do we start to see this? Do states have to change their rules? it's I dug a little bit into different state name, image, and likeness rules, and there it's a little bit muddled. I would say um w- would would be that but the texas law is very clear so basically let me see if i got this right
1: because he can't profit off a kombucha deal he needs to uproot skip his senior year of high school one of the funnest years of your life move to some other place take the family with him so that he can monetize capitalize and commoditize himself as an 18 year old do i got that right
2: i don't think the family's going to go with him i i don't know okay. that okay um well even if the a, family doesn't go, I think he has a younger. They have, daughter, they uh,
0: have jobs, and they have. Yeah. they're not. This yep. is not a destitute family. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. This is. I, I, I think his dad works in oil and gas, and okay. they, mom's a teacher. And he said in the story, "We don't need the money. It's okay. the principal." Well,
1: I mean, if that's great, I mean, if if principal, the principle of being able to earn money as a high school senior is more important than having a great senior year of high school. Fine, and I, you know, I'm not going to try to. Pretend to know what their life is like or what's important to them, but I think going through high school as a happy teenager is pretty important. Uh, and I, you know, yes, there have been a lot of reclassifications, and in many cases, and this may be one of them. These are kids that were held back in like ninth grade to begin with, so you know, for athletic reasons. So, first of all, the whole thing's been about athletics for years. Uh, but secondly, this would be when they would already be normally going to college without that, but. What's their peer group? What's their social group? What, you know, their senior year of high school. Oh, sorry, I got to go because I, I've, I've got, I can't make my money over here. And as a matter of principle, I need to move over there and go play college football. I mean, if, if that's where we are, okay, fine. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't love it. Let me put it that way. Well,
2: that's where we are in basketball, Pat. I, I know. I, mean, I don't you know, love that either. All right. No, right. I've never loved that. That's, that. That, that's fair. I, this is my less cynical view of it. Quinn Ewers is coming off a summer of going to Steve Clarkson camp, going to this camp, going to that camp. Like, they are professionalized generally earlier now, uh, elite high school and that's quarterbacks okay. and elite I high mean, school was- football players. Well, I mean, we've seen it in basketball. The, the, those yeah, kids are out they- on the AAU circuit, and they're out they're out going and doing that. Quinn Ewers is 18. I don't know if he took a quote-unquote Texas redshirt or not, but he's not going to be uh, age-wise or physically. He's a, he's a big
0: uh, kid. He must kid. have. If he's already 18. 18- and he stayed yeah. back somewhere. Yeah, you would have gone to school.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I didn't dial in on uh, on that. But i I just think this could become more common. That's all. I just think that we could be seeing this more. I think this could end up being. I don't want to say a paradigm shift, but it certainly opens a door uh, for the possibility for it to happen more. And the fact that it happened this quickly, I think, is maybe the the, the most notable part of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I like. There there seem to be reasons they want to do this that, that you can say makes sense. And, and, yes, it's part of a trend that's already gone on in basketball. I just don't think it's a good trend. I don't like it. I mean, I just I, – I'm, I,
0: I, I, I'm pretty pragmatic on this stuff, and there are, people are always going to chase the money, but I, I'm with Pat. Like, I don't think this is a good – I don't think you're going to look back on the rest of your life and go, I'm really glad I gave up my senior year of high school and trying to win a Texas State title because I made a couple extra bucks that I either A – was going to make anyway because I'm going to be a very successful college football quarterback and, and potentially in the NFL, or B, I got thrown into the fire, and it didn't work out. I, this is not a zero. This isn't just a success. Is not just predestined in quarterbacking. Uh, there are athletes, especially in basketball, that are legitimately can't miss. To the point where, you know, if you could have drafted LeBron James number one when he was 16, I saw him as a sophomore in high school. And it was like, unless he's injured, he's an NBA player for like 10 years. Yeah. If he doesn't get injured, he's LeBron freaking James. Right. And so there's that. But like to throw a kid straight from junior high school into the Ohio State Buckeyes with everybody in Ohio. And everybody in the country saying we're going to his kids making a million bucks. He better be good. He's going to be our savior this year. We don't have a quarter. That is an extraordinary amount of pressure. And you throw that in and we have seen great quarterbacks not make it because they're in the wrong spot, whether it's in college or pro. I got no idea. I want I, I have nothing against this family or anything like that. There is a risk to this. So to me, it's like you're taking a big risk. If you're going to be good anyway, now, you could also get hurt at, at Westlake, but you could get hurt playing football anyway. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not hating on anyone going to make a dollar. Quinn Ewers and all these kids had extraordinary value. I've been arguing it for many, many, many years. The idea that high school kids or kids don't have value makes zero sense. There's, they make movies. They sell music. They do uh, uh, you know fashion, a million things. We go back to TikTok always, but there it is. There's a ton of them making money, uh, so good for him. But man, like I don't know, I don't know if the, my principal on uh, some Texas law would would ever do make that decision for me. But hey, they seem to have done a good job raising this kid. We'll see. But man, it is extraordinary pressure throwing a quarterback in before he's ready. It, it's a very delicate balancing act for quarterbacks, and you see it. The NFL gets these guys. And they are massive investments, right? College, you can always just get another guy, but it is a massive investment. And you watch it every year, and they try to figure out where's the balancing act because you send them in too early and they never recover. And you wait and and, and it's okay. And guys, and you'd say, All right, Aaron Rodgers sat, Tom Brady sat, you know, guys. It's, it's not just, you know, the Jets, they throw their dudes in day one. <laughs> and our quarterbacks, it's Joe Namath. So it's it's a balancing act there. Very, very interesting situation. Uh, it devalues high school football, of course. But again, these, I mean, they show that Texas high school football thing on TV and all that. And a lot of that's because of the tradition of it. I don't know. It's a new era, though, where, hey, if he gets up there earlier, go for it. Totally get it. And it' very interesting decision, though, especially when you don't need the money. All right, Pat, you now have to leave. <laughs> Pete comes late. You leave early. I'm the only one doing any work around here. <laughs> Pat Coal, Coal miner Dan season. Wetzel grinding it Listen, out there, man, baby. It's six in the morning here in Japan right now as we're taping this so that yeah. we could do this. All this for you, the listener. <laughs> That's right. I got to run
1: to get the bus so that I can go back to the swimming venue so I can watch swimming and hopefully see the Americans get a medal in the 800 right. freestyle relay. All right. Let's go. Have go a good America.
0: One, boys. I will Here hate any American that denies Brook Forty. I want to be like that angry Simone Biles guy. You're a disgrace to America, Simone. <laughs> you let down America.
2: So I think the Ewers thing is 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 really interesting because if nothing else for the Arch Manning generation, for the next quarterbacks who are all coming up, for the next Kyler Murray's, et cetera, this presents another avenue. It presents another option. The reclass at least becomes a conversation. And I think the conversation in Texas would soon turn to do we have to change our state law so we're not at a recruiting disadvantage? Right? Like, do we have to, are yes. we, like, 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 <laughs> Football players in Texas are one of their great natural resources, right? It's like oil, brisket, and quarterbacks. I, I think <laughs> not, not necessarily in that order. And so yeah. I uh, I really feel like now if Texas actually called a special session to save Quinn Ewers a senior year, like that would be unbelievable. But it is Texas, so you never know. Um, now the fact that they – they act, I was told through like the, the legal – nuances of the big 12 thing that actually the Texas legislature couldn't stop the, uh, or A&M couldn't stop Texas and Oklahoma from coming or whatever it was, or the other, the, the techs and bailers and TCUs couldn't because the legislature is in special session and you can't like add a new topic in special session. Um, and I am not going to pretend that I know anything about the parliamentary procedure, if you will, of the Texas legislature. But It is a pretty uh, it is a pretty interesting uh, it it is pretty interesting notion that there will be pressure on uh, on the legislature in Texas to uh, to to do that.
0: All right. A little more realignment because everything goes back to realignment, including watch the Texas high schools are going to start realigning. (laughs) South Lake Carroll is going to join Oklahoma because they got a better NIL law. Watch this. That's so where we're going. We're no longer playing in Texas, even though we exist in Texas. No, uh, George Clivecoff, uh Pac-12 commissioner. I think I got your name right. Sorry. We're working on it. I call him don't the, Bond, don't the be...
2: Bond villain. His last
0: name's like a Bond villain. And the, don't be offended. I can't, I can't name the, the William Christopher Sweeney's first name either. So <laughs> He's only like <laughs> one of the two most prominent coaches in college football. So no offense. I screw it all up. Pack 12 he says, has received uh, many calls, as I would expect. Uh, probably a whole bunch of them from uh, Lawrence, Kansas, and Manhattan, Kansas, and, and all it. sorts of places. Yeah. Lubbock. trying to join, uh, but uh, says there's no risk to staying at 12, and we will see. Uh, Pete, you know, your thoughts on... On that is is, you know, we talked the other day, does the Pac twelve glom up with anybody else? Um, I I I also sense no movement in the Big Ten about going to this twenty, you know, merging with the Pac twelve at all. Big twelve Big Ten seems very content. So what I'm hearing to stay put, other than low-level people kind of throwing crap against the wall. Do, does the Pac 12 stay put and just say, hey, look, you know, what are we getting by adding? These other schools. How do we make more money by adding the Big Twelve schools? And and does that does is, is the fact that we add Kansas and and Iowa State and all this stuff keep USC from one day saying screw it, we're going to join the SEC or the Big Ten? I don't think so.
2: Well, it, it comes down to this when you talk about the Pac twelve and where they would go. I would think the. Only school left on the board outside Notre Dame, which we all are pretty certain isn't going anywhere, that would really maybe make you whole, because of the streaming future is BYU, but I can't imagine the politics of the Pac twelve. Yeah, yeah, we're going to want BYU. BYU's high maintenance. You can't play on Sundays. There's issues. Uh, there there there's issues that come with BYU. So I really think that there's no value amidst the current leftover eight in the Big 12 that will give you a full share of the money you want in your next TV deal. You just don't need big population centers or great brands like the last round of realignment. Like Jim Delaney added Rutgers and Maryland for cable boxes. That model's done. We've talked about that. He had a Nebraska for the brand and the tradition Really, you could argue all three weren't great additions. Um,
0: none it, of them. None of them have helped the Big Ten in any way. That's the thing about conference expansion. Like, who got, who made out? Yeah. Like whose league added much at yeah. any of these moves? But yeah.
2: Again, I thought the new Pac-12 commissioner uh, George Klikoff's notion that taking Texas and Oklahoma to the East essentially strengthens us. I thought that was like a little bit of a, a little bit of a chuckle. So, if you're the Pac-12 network, you need some functional distribution right? Which you haven't had. Pac-12 network makes nominal amounts for their partners. But I don't know. Do you have the Pac-12 network, Dan? I I do not. I don't either. And if anybody should have Pac-12 network, it should be us. If it was available, generally, I would get it. But I'm not going to go on some like bandit Canadian, you know, uh, antenna broadcast network to get it. And that's pretty much where it is right now. So it shouldn't be that hard to get on YouTube TV. It shouldn't be that hard to get on the mainstream cable, uh, cable networks. Comcast, et cetera, that they've lacked uh, being on. So I can't see the Pac-12 making a move. If I'm George, I'm more worried about somebody coming in and taking my guys, right? Because their deal's up in two years. So I'd be worried about the Big Ten taking a swing. You didn't like that idea of the Pac-12 ACC merger that we talked about. Um, That's safety in numbers. and, And basically, there's a definitive one, a definitive two. And you merge to try to be three or, you, you know, you try to get closer to two when if you're both leagues. And I really do feel like the Big 12 with this letter, the scathing letter they sent to ESPN, tipped their hand of like, OK, we're going to just try to go build up a, a whack of the future, 14, 16 teams, and, you know, take the best of what's left and bond together and form a conference that I've got a funny feeling will not be broadcast on
0: ESPN. Right. Which is a risk unto itself. But, uh, you know, because there's a lot. You mentioned it last time the, you know, the hockey tried to do this, the NHL, and it just stopped. It just disappeared Mm -hmm. from national consciousness and discussion because ESPN will just cut you out. I don't know. I just I just I don't know the strength in numbers makes any sense. I just don't think that I think strength is strength and. Everyone's always looking. And so the idea, hey, we got all these other schools that we never wanted in the first place doesn't, you know, if if USC decides, just the way Texas did, that it wants to go somewhere else, it's going to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And the more you lose the fabric of your conference, the easier it is to run. And I I think the Big Ten would be stronger right now if it was still back to what it was at 11, then even at 14. And you're playing each other more often and you have more in common and you try to build everybody up. But it's, you know, someday we'll probably will just have 64 teams. Or, you know, the the, the SEC will basically be the NCAA or, or, or control most of it by having some kind of 24-team League, I don't know. I don't know where that's at. I hope it's a long way off because the sports better with all the, the uh, the real fabric and, and the and the possibility to win at places that don't have a lot of otherwise advantages. And the more this conglomerates up, the more you lose that. The the, the, the fans of the SEC that are celebrating this move, you're less like most of you are less likely to win. You're just getting more mediocrity. And it's like you could have just scheduled Texas.
2: Here's a little insight into how it'll work in the SEC. I called around a little bit yesterday, Dan. So let's say, just for round numbers and, and possibility. Yeah, there's four pods, and you basically play. You're basically your great non league games are just league games now, right? So let's just say there's a Texas pod, right? And I would assume that pod is, and I'm literally making this up right off the top of my head, just thinking about it, it's Oklahoma, Texas. Texas AM. and And then it's either.
0: Arkansas.
2: Yeah. Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah.
0: Okay. Maybe. Yes.
2: Um, yeah. Or and Missouri. Then you, yeah, right? exactly. Or Missouri. One of those. One of those. How you like being
0: Arkansas in that one?
2: <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Yeah. You play your pod every year and then you you alternate pods the other years. You play 10 games um, in conference play. What I really think, if the SEC goes to a 10-game conference schedule, um it's a little bit like as these basketball leagues have gone to 20 game conference schedules you just basically obliterate interconference play right like you you don't give Dayton a chance to play Ohio State or whatever Dayton a chance like like the the out of conference games just become a a bit of a rarity now you can schedule one here and they're gonna have to leave room for hopefully god hopefully for kentucky louisville and south carolina clemson and uh florida florida state etc etc everybody's got their rivalries but i do think some of the fabric of college football is isn't boise playing florida state um in the yeah like that it's just awesome it's two random places connected by football and it's great and i do think they'll be it'll be like the you know be Like the AFC East, where you know you're taking a trip to uh, except you're not playing twice a year, but you know the drill like you're it, it, there's a more no, of a this, orig-
0: this, this year we play the NFC South, and that's it. And yeah, like okay,
2: yeah, very- yes, yeah. So, some of the yeah, I mean, we talked about it last pod, and I thought you made a great point. This just isn't generally good for the sport, at least how you and I like the sport, right? We like the zaniness of the sport, we like the unpredictability of it, we like the new, we just we, yeah, like we. Yeah, we love college football. We want the an awesome 11 p.m. Mountain West game. We want surprise stories. We want surprise teams. We want new faces. And this is going to make the sport, I think, a little bit more regimented and
0: predictable. And because of the system of how talent comes into the sport, the more regimented it is, the more the powers that be control it, the less Unpredictability. It's not the NFL where you can rise up because the worst team gets the best players. The best team gets the best players. And so if you're stuck on the bottom, the more this happens, it's already impossible to climb out. It's very, very difficult. And then it's right. But those those, those years when you can do it, the Iowa states, the Michigan State seasons, the things like that, and the playoff is going to create a little bit more of that possibility same time it just becomes harder and harder because look at quinn ewers is skipping high school to get a million bucks in ohio right it's like that's that's where we're at and the more these these things conglomerate and all that there's less of it it, it doesn't you have to have that other part of the of the puzzle and why the nfl works is because they they could pretty much recycle you through and it, everybody's got a shot and feels like they've got a shot Uh, but that's just not even Jacksonville's excited right now, and then how college sports work. So the more and more you bury it, it it becomes tougher. So not, not great, but not great, Bob. But uh, (laughs) it'll still be wild. I mean, it still be you know college football is. I'm not. I'm not fatalist here. It'd still be extremely popular. I'll still watch it all the time. I just this is not a nuance. You think about the old Big East football, okay? When they mm-hmm. had it and they'd have those Thursday night games and Louisville yeah. would play West Virginia, or Rutgers would play West Virginia. And, uh, you know, even dating back, Boston college would be a relevant program and teams would have good seasons. Like they were harmless. Nobody was winning the national championship yeah. out of, they weren't getting in the way of anybody. And now, you know, for the most part, most of those programs are pretty irrelevant. Their athletic departments have more money but like is West Virginia more fun now? Is Boston College more fun now? Boston College is bad at everything now. They used to be really good. College f- sports mattered in Boston and now they're just sort of mediocre cuz there's no way to do it. Is you know Louisville has its moments but like most of these schools pit you're just sort of there and it's like, "Oh, I think the old way was a little more fun." The
2: playoff and the really the bcs nationalized the sport and what that did was diminish the value of just being a good regional team right like a regional power being a regional power is not good enough anymore and that's i think the
0: shift we're seeing now yeah and when you need the money and now it's just you know now it's not even about it has nothing to do with whether you're going to be better on the field yes texas has got a better path staying where they're at they don't care this. It's the perception that we have to be in this big thing. So that's our pod. We will be back next week. We'll still Pat and I will still be in Japan. And uh, Pete, you'll still be breaking news back in America doing the real work. So thank you. <laughs> I think you guys are doing a little more work than me. But uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it ain't boring, the, it next ain't boring week, here stateside. I'll tell you that by next week, half our country will hate all the Olympians yep. because we're not good enough. So we'll it's where we're at or, if not all of the country. Yeah. Weird weird sport to cover. Weird thing to cover. All right. We'll talk to you all then. Appreciate you.